0: Welcome to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Matteo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this
1: is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can.
0: Good morning, Matteo. How are you? Oh
1: brother, I I'm good, man. My wrist is healing up. You know, life's life's getting getting better. Yeah, no worries. How are you, man? Fantastic as usual, right?
0: I I I, I am good. I'm busy. I just got back from uh, from Streamline Summit. It was uh, a fantastic show. Um, Just great. They, they always do streamline yeah. puts on an, an amazing yeah. user conference um it's it's enlightening it's uh and they they go all out um yeah you know i've been to quite a few user conferences it is it's up there If 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 not top dog it's it's tied for top dog okay. uh, on on the best user conferences out there they if i was a user of streamline I would be enlightened, I would be informed, I'd feel energized, I would feel all those things. Um, it's not just fluff, it, they, they dive deep where you want to dive deep too. Uh, so uh, just shout out to Streamline in the, in the great conference um, you guys put on. With that said, we're here, season three, episode yep. 11. Yep. Um, super stoked, we have an amazing guest. Um, This guest today, I actually met her dad year one in this space and he's just an awesome dude and Mm -hmm. I've gotten to know her more recently with conversations and uh, I guess without further ado, I want to go ahead and introduce Lauren Madewell of uh, Antebellum's Cabins of Gatlinburg. Hey, Lauren, how are you? Good morning, Bella.
2: I'm doing good. Happy to be here. I'm excited.
0: Did I did I pronounce it correctly? The, the the is it auntie or auntie? Like I don't know. I'm not from the South or I'm not from the, t- the Smoky Mountains.
2: Everybody says it their own way. I auntie Bellums rolls off the tongue for me, but most people in the office will say auntie. I say auntie. Doesn't okay. Matter. Yeah.
0: That doesn't matter. Auntie. You got yeah. my
2: last name right. That's that's the important part. People pronounce it maduel oh, like, Interesting. M-a-duel?
1: Wait, hold on. M A D E. W-E-L-L. They pronounce what? Madule.
2: Yes, sir. So complicated.
1: My (laughs) name is Mateo, right? And I I get when people sometimes, Mato, Mateo, I I feel like yours is, I don't feel like you get a mulligan for yours. Like, I feel like that's pretty, it takes a skill to mess that up.
2: I appreciate it, yeah. (laughs)
1: but I'm sure that doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So that's interesting.
0: (laughs) Thanks for joining us. yeah. I, I want to get into your story and, you know, we were talking briefly before we hit the record button. I said, oh, let's stop. And then we'll go ahead and get this on, on the podcast. But like, before we get into how, like, I want to know the background to the name, because mm-hmm. like in there's your, you, you know, auntie, auntie, doesn't vellums, and then there's aunt bugs or aunt bugs mm-hmm. um, in the same community. You know, what is your, you know, why, why the auntie or aunt?
2: Um, I mean, it's just it's a quip. It's a play on words, you know, like the antebellum period or antebellum period. I think is how you pronounce it. But it was a general store at the time. Um, and Shannon, my dad's cousin, the one who started the cabin rental business. Um, her mom, uh, Patty, actually owned a little like general store, souvenir store, super cute in a little cabin in between Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge Parkways that is right now, actually a liquor store. And <laughs> yeah. Yeah,
0: I, I, I've been there. That's actually where Mateo and I met. And
1: so, yeah, John and I met in Pigeon Forge uh, up in Gatlinburg. So just, just FYI, oh, that's yeah. where this whole thing started. Uh, with just No
2: way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so- oh that's that cool. At a
0: conference up there. So
2: yeah, that is, that's neat y'all. Yeah. So do do you actually know the liquor store I'm talking about, gentlemen?
0: Um, no, I I don't. But but I but I know the drive between Gatlinburg and Pigeon Forge well. It's it's like yep. dark and and mysterious at night, and it's you know it's just a cool <laughs> road.
2: It is a cool road, actually. Yeah,
0: with the the river running right through it. You know
2: exactly. Yep. If you leave Gatlinburg and you're heading towards Pigeon Forge, it's on the right, closer to the Gatlinburg side liquor store. If if anybody's familiar with the area, they'll be like, oh yeah, I think I know exactly where that's at. But it was. In there, kind of running that general store, the Auntie Bellum's general store. When she kind of started doing the um, vacation rentals, and then her mom passed away, and it just kind of was all absorbed into the vacation rental company.
1: So that's awesome. That's so, well, familial, familial business. So oh. she owned it, it. Was how long? When did she? Give me a little bit of context in terms of like how long did? She, what? When are we talking about? Um, yep, on this store.
2: So I I call her my aunt Shannon. It's actually my dad's cousin, but uh, my aunt Shannon was 25 when she started Auntie Bellum's Cabin Rentals, and that was in 1994. Cool. Uh, so we've been around a minute. Uh, the the only company I know in town that's older than we are, and I could be wrong. This is the only company I know is Mount, Lo- Mount Laurel Chalets with Tom Goodwin. Yes, yeah. an awesome dude. Um, they just celebrated their 50 years, so that's oh. awesome. 50 uh,
0: years in the VR space.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A bit. Which like, you know, the Smoky Mountains have been like a tourism industry for knocking on a hundred years now. Right. Um so it, fifty years is so incredible. But yeah, she started it up in nineteen ninety-four with one cabin. It was it was it was her cabin and it was named Afternoon Delight. And so um I don't know if you're gonna do a two soon, but that's what I'll that's what I'll that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, she had friends in the area. They got rental properties, put it on her program, um, and just kind of picked up speed with that. But, you know, about 12 years ago, and this is how my dad got into the business about 12 years ago, she passed away and left 51% of the business to my dad in the will. And the other 49% was kind of chopped up amongst the family. And he has since, um, bought out the rest. So he's got 100% of the business right now. And, uh, and he was working in Georgia at the time. I was in school in Georgia at the time for air traffic controlling, actually. And uh,
0: that's an interesting <laughs> story, too, because yeah, I I, 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 I'm, I've met your sister who also um, just got out of doing air traffic controlling, yeah. correct?
2: She did. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah,
0: so, like, it, like, you're almost like keeping air traffic controlling in the family too, which is which is <gasps> totally weird and awesome. I mean, he's directing yeah. traffic at the end of the day, right? Like, Yeah. It's
2: it's
1: logistics. You think it's logistics? Ugh, I have so many questions.
2: Sorry. I feel the same exact way. And like, I think that's why I really thrive off the high intensity stuff with property management is because I was built for the high intensity stuff of uh, the air traffic management. But um, but I never went through with it. My dad started visiting Tennessee a lot and really fell in love with the cabin rental space and the people. And he wanted to see the business continue to succeed. So he, he left his job and went full time into that. And my sister and I were both on Scholarship in Georgia, so my mom had to stay and see us through for that residency. But pretty quickly, I realized because I was working uh, summers at Auntie Bellum's, I loved being in the mountains. I loved working with my dad. I loved the people who we, who are still with us. Um, and so I, I I told him I was like I don't think I can do this air traffic thing, and I just came and joined him. And um, with the with the exception of a small sabbatical of bartending and then doing nothing with my earnings for a year. <laughs>
0: hey, shit, I'm, you know, I'm like.
2: <laughs> I've been with antebellum since I graduated college, yeah. Wow.
1: Where in Georgia were you?
2: Uh, So it was like 40 minutes south of Atlanta called, it was basically Griffin, Georgia, is the town. Oh, yeah, actually, yeah.
1: <laughs> Random fact. So one of my mom's friends, so my mom lives in Portland, Oregon, and one of her friends actually retired to Griffin, Georgia. And she was like, Oh, I heard it's great down there. I'm going to move down. uh, I'm going to think about moving to Griffin. I was like, have you ever been there? Have you ever seen it? It It's like the most random place in the world. Like I'm in it and I'm in Atlanta. So it's like she's been to Atlanta. She's been to Macon. My son goes to college in Columbus. Like she so she knows the area, but she like randomly. Her friend just randomly ended up in Griffin. And she's like, I think I want to move there. I was
2: like, you might want to go visit. Make sure it's your speed. But. Uh huh. (laughs) And uh, it's kind of like. Where the farmland begins when you yeah. start to leave Atlanta. So yeah. Yeah. it keeps you close. I kind of get it, but like, I was excited to leave. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, I mean, do you look like, hey, whatever works. Not my job to judge. I just think, you know, again, I know my mom and for a, you know, a short Puerto Rican lady that likes to live in the city, i <laughs> not sure that's good, but she loves nature. She lives in Oregon. So she loves right. being outdoors. She loves, you know, right. things. anyways, I digress. So back is to, uh, been? huh? So she, no, she never ma- she never made it. Oh. Like, she to she she Like visit. She still lives in Portland. Like that's how I broke my wrist. We we're moving her last week. She's yeah. still in Oregon. So anyway,
2: I get it.
0: This is what Did we you- do. Yeah. This is what we do. So tell us about, so, so you graduated college and you, you said, uh, eh, no, not for me. Took a sabbatical, had a little bit of drinking, a little bit of not saving money. And uh, a little bit of working but not saving money. And so then at this time, did you already know after, you know, beforehand that you were gonna come, you know, you're just taking a little bit of time off and then you, you know, you already had it pretty figured out that you're gonna be joining your dad and in, in, in this family legacy here or or where do you did it just then kind of fall into it and be like, fuck, this is what I'm doing. I mean, you know, I don't know what your mindset you know, was back then.
2: It was it was an evolution and I do need to say I did not lose money. I bartended, so I made a ton of money. Oh,
1: nice! what well, I didn't know I gave I get... money, John. That was a big yeah,
2: money. money to take that, was... that year off and yeah. and do my first like backpacking trip trip in Europe, and nice. then just time off to like figure out my life and yeah. and do my hobbies and do anything I was passionate about, and figure out do I want to go back to Annie Bellum's or do I want to spread my wings and do my own thing? And my dad was completely supportive of whatever I wanted to do, but I was, I was a little aimless. I was a little lost. I did not know what to do with myself, but luckily I woke up one morning and my subconscious like grabbed me by the shoulders. And it was like, your family owns an incredible business in the beautiful Smoky Mountains. You love working with your dad. You love everybody who works there. What are you doing? Ask him for a job back. And so I did saying I'll never leave again if you take me back. And you know, I, (laughs) I, I thought he would be like, well, let me think about it. But he was like, please, please be my succession plan. Come on.
0: Yeah. Nice. That's awesome.
2: And in
0: those of you that, you know, I mean, most everyone that's listening knows this, but the Smoky Mountains is like the number one drive-to destination in the country. Yeah. It will beat out Destin. It will be like, there's no other place in the world. And I'm sure you know the stats off the tip of your tongue. There's no other place that draws from so many different cities and within a five, six hour driving range, other than Gatlinburg, Pigeon Forge, that area, Sevier County, Tennessee, it's insane. And if you've never been, what I describe it as is it's kind of like, think of a boardwalk, think of Myrtle Beach in the middle of the most beautiful place you've ever been, like it's like a combination of two different worlds. It's like, it's like a national forest, like amazing hiking. And then moonshine and debauchery in the middle of like, it's, it's weird and amazing all at the same time. It's like, it's very unique. And please very tell famous. me if, if you look at it differently because you live there, but it's a little bit of everything. Like, like Matea and I, and we said this a lot, we've seen some shit when we were in Gatlinburg. Oh my God. What? Like, like, yeah, like fist fights and guys with overalls and like bears and all, and like, like, it's men been insane. Overalls,
1: no shirt, no teeth. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. And it's, yeah. and it's those men who helped build this tourism industry. It's them hillbillies. 100%. <laughs> but, but,
1: I mean, and that's the thing. Like, there's an authenticity to that area, there's a like a mystique. To the area, I mean, just the, the fact of that, I mean, it's a, it's, it's almost magical, right? Like with the four, like with the fog and the way that everything that happens in that area, it's everything you think it is. And then it surprises you because it's so much more, right? Like at the end of the day too, like that night, I did see a bear stalking garbage cans in the street. I will not say if I uh, shook my leg a little bit. But I definitely <laughs> hightailed it to where I needed to go and was not interested in seeing any more of those things outside of a caged area.
2: <laughs> that's that you guys nailed it though. like seriously, this is such a weird, wonderful magic area. I think about it every single day. Um I you know, I get to take a back road and see pastures and rolling hills and mountains and cows and buffalo and beauty, or I can take the parkway and see, um, you know, King Kong hanging off of a mock Eiffel Tower. Tower. I can see, like, the, the Titanic. Titanic. The, yeah, the, the
0: Ripley stuff and, like, the... the, the right, right, yes, right.
2: The moonshineries. It's, mm-hmm. it's that shit over here, and I love it, and I'm just trying to take it all in. I I hope to maybe, like, write a book about it one day. Um, And then recently I've come into, like, the third element, which is the history of the place. Yeah. And so I've been buying up, books about the history of the Smoky Mountains, how, you know, settlers got here, how the tourism started, where it all came from. It's it's so cool. So now there's three elements for me and there's still so many of the old names like you can read in the book, the Ogles, the Reagans. You can read these old historical names of the families that have been here for like two centuries and then you can reach out and touch their family businesses, you know, right go in the Glades Arts and Crafts District and go to the Ogles, like, woodworking store and the broom-making store. And I've started um, going and just having conversations with them. I'm, I'm so afraid that, you know, with property being brought up and all sorts of new businesses cropping up, up the road, it's going to raise their property value and they might sell one day because they don't, they don't realize, like, they do and they don't realize how special they are. And their name is, and like in my conversations with them, they are so in it, you know, they're so ingrained in the history of this place they don't know they don't like hardly know their own history and uh i you know, I was talking to one of the ogles in their little store, and they've been there for a few decades, and uh, I'm just trying to pick their brain because I'm reading about their relatives they don't they don't know anything, and I thought that was so fascinating, and they they're not quite understanding how special they are and like i said if it raises their property value and they think oh we could have a great nest egg for the kids you know maybe we can set up shop somewhere else like i'm just i'm so worried about the historical aspect of of this community going away which is part of what makes us so special and the stuff that's moving in is kind of all just a mockery of it
1: well and well do the guests care like, do you, so do you do like educational stuff for the guests, for your guests? So, like to, cause I think that's fascinating. It's like, I would love to know those types of things, right? Like I'd yeah. love to know the historical businesses that are in there, the people that have been around forever. Like, I think the industry, you know, could help preserve some of that, right? Like if you build yeah. it into the culture of, of the people, you know, of the, of the tourism uh, and the people that are traveling there. So like, do you do anything special to kind of ingrain that into the guest experience?
2: I am, I am actively working on it. And I'm so happy to hear you say that you would, you would find that fascinating too. So yeah.
0: i hundred percent. hundred percent. That's, cool. the, that's the shit that like my family, like that we're like, when I go, I want to learn about it. And, and, and it's not everyone. I, I think that, you know, and, and to go back to, I don't want to pause on, like, I want you to answer Mateo's question, but like, the, there are two types of travelers. There's the, that go to, I think I, I could see two maybe three, but two types of travelers that go to Pigeon Ford Gatlinburg, the Smoky Mountains. There's the one that are actually care about that and the ones that just want to go get wasted. And those are your two types of travelers. And they're both very prevalent. Um, and at night, there's more of the other one uh, when you're out <laughs> and about. Uh, but like for me, and if my family were to, were to go hundred percent, like, let's, let's learn about the history. Let's, let's just dive in and, and, and soak it all up, up this knowledge, because that's, to me, what's, that's why I travel. Yeah. But being a drive to location, that's easy for a lot of people to get to. That's why you have two different draws to your to your location.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So I, back to your question. I apologize.
2: Oh, gosh, no, I, I this this is all good for me to hear um, because that's I do want to educate the people I'm drafting up something that I could potentially put into print. Um, and I thought, oh, I could just, you know, make, put this in a few pages and, um, maybe put it in a binder and put it up at the cabins. But I'm quickly realizing like this might be best served if I do like some sort of self-publishing. So, um, but like a coffee table book, um, where I'm writing my experience with the history and interacting with the history and giving them places that they should go to, to, to see the old families and their stores and, and uh, all the old spots and the old architecture that's still here, the cabins and stuff. So I am working on like a coffee table book. I'm also considering ways to make uh, put it into videos um, so that people can kind of, I, I don't know if I can do it in 60 seconds or less, you know, like, like my video I posted today said, some people prefer to watch their information and not read right. it. So I'm trying to figure out ways to put it into videos, which I think would be easy. And that way I can kind of show where I'm talking about and who I'm talking about. Um, and then creating some sort of a digital book about it all as well. And maybe maybe uh, make a QR code of it, put it on the fridge with a magnet or something. I don't know. But yes, I absolutely want to educate the guests. I know they'd love to know. People like to contribute to the area and be a part of the history of the area you know and and so now when they go out and uh, drink moonshine they can feel like they're taking part in history
0: <laughs> Well, the, the i love that and the, the interesting thing with that too is that using a digital guidebooks like in, in basically a mixed media type of thing like, co- like a mixed media coffee table book it could almost be like a, a you know a guest experience tour where you know yeah. hey if you're if you're to spend a day hitting these 5 6 different things you know you drive here tell me exactly how to get there they go, they learn about this place. You already pre-worked out a discount for a trinket or something at the Ogles or something. and say, Hey, I'm going to drive people to your location. Now they're in, they're invested in this as well, you know? And so it kind of brings this, it brings your community together in a tighter knit, you know, fashion, which is the whole point for doing this to not forget the history of, of the Smoky mountains and, you know, Pigeon Forge, Gallenberg area.
2: You nailed it, man. That's it. I have truly just been focusing on the word community here the past few weeks. Just what does that mean to me? What can I do for my community? Making sure I'm not leaving my community behind as our industry picks up and gains momentum. And yeah, absolutely. I'm glad to hear you guys get excited about it. I am. I'm loving it. I'm loving writing this stuff out.
1: That's cool. So, So that brings me to, you know, John said, you know, we, when we talk about that area, he did, he mentioned something that is to me, I don't want to, I don't know how to say this without it sounding like wrong, but so I'm just going to say it the way I think. Okay. I feel like Gatlinburg Pigeon Forge area is an accessible vacation place, right? A vacation destination, regardless of your socioeconomic background, like there's something for you within that space. Knowing that and all of the exciting things that you're doing, what's your idea for the, the kind of the future? Like, what are you excited about, you know, for the next generation um, or the generation now and the next generation of families and, and people who are coming to your area to whatever their vacation needs may be or whatever their vacation may be? What do you envision the future of that experience being from your vantage point?
2: Oh, my gosh. That's a huge question. Um, a huge question. Well. I would say that like the area is well known for all the attractions and the gimmicks and stuff like that. But more and more companies are coming into town and building and creating outdoor experiences um, to make sure that the people are keeping the mountains and views and 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 view. And, um, you know, there's mountain biking now. There's more horseback riding than ever. There's like ATV riding. Um, more ziplining, outdoor obstacle courses. Um, there's more camping spots than ever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, yurts are popping up and teepees are popping up. And, you know, I, I'm not really interested in buying a cabin myself, but I would absolutely buy a yurt or, uh, or a camp. Yes, you nothing. Know, but um, yeah. just, like, I'm excited for more outdoor activity. Mm-hmm. One of the things that, like, it, the gimmicks are fun, and they draw people in, and we give free t- through Explory. We give free tickets to a lot of these places.
0: But Got I, the Matt and team at Explory. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah,
2: love them. But I'm excited for for people to spend more time outside, enjoying the Smoky Mountains, enjoying the very reason that we are here, and and I think by proxy that can help preserve some of the land that is quickly being bought up and um
0: for and, development
2: development yeah
0: that's yeah. oh i like that i i like that that answer because that that's super interesting too because like you're it's almost like you're the the vr the vacation rental short term rental movement is big it's huge it's strong and in and, and has been for a long time and it's it's not going anywhere it's actually expanding it's growing um there's a lot of outside investment coming to the area and if you could preserve some of this land for the natural beauty that it is to for guests to actually use it mm-hmm. and explore it, like you guys, I think overall, don't you have like one of these amazing new skywalk, like super hot, like which I want to go next time I go that that's on top of my list to go do. You're right, like you can't go put another condo complex or another hotel there. And you know, I think Mateo hit it with the accessible, it's the right choice of words because you have, you have, you know cabins that, that sleep 20, that are, that are rent for 2,500, 3,000, $5,000 a night. But you also have, you know, condo hotels and hotels that are, you know, you can come in and you can get a $79 a night, uh, room in certain parts of, uh, of gallenberg and, and or up in uh, Sevierville or whatever, or in the overall County, there's so much, I mean, shoot, you guys have, you have Dolly Parton, like the Dollywood is there. Like, do you have like these pretty amazing draws? But if you can preserve the outdoor stuff as well, I think it's it's great.
2: Yeah, it's important. And it's 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 getting more and more important. And, you know, people within our community, I don't know. I just I feel at some point something's going to need to be done about it. So I'm trying to figure out ways to just get more involved with the community. Started to go to more chamber events, meet people that way. I'll work my way in. But something about the area needs to be pre- protected and preserved at one point.
0: Well, t- tell us more about that. Like, what, what do you see is like, 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 what's fucked up with, with, with the mindset of, of your community right now? In your opinion, like, what, like, who do you need to shake? Like, what mindset do you need to shake out of people? Like, I'm curious to know, like, like, I know, we know where you'd like to see the community, but like, what's stopping that progress from coming? Like, like, what, what do you need to do to, to affect the minds to, to change it differently?
2: man, that's a big, that's a big question too. And something that I kind of meditate on every single day. Um, I I would say, (laughs) uh, luxury is spoiling the area a little bit. Um, like, you know, you were, you were asking, I'm trying to go, I'm trying to go circle here. What, you know, what we are excited about with the future for our company. One of the things I'm excited about is we're going to stay affordable. Like, we're not trying to scale too quickly. We're not specifically targeting luxury units. We're not even trying to bring our current units up to like any sort of luxury status. We want the affordable properties so that we can continue to offer um, vacations to middle and lower middle class America, which has always been our bread and butter and my favorite clientele. And we just want to stay affordable for everybody. And let's see here i just the the big luxury units homeowners worrying about keeping up with the luxury units you know all the just i don't know the various attractions and stuff getting more expensive harder for the little fi- little families with multiple kids to afford
0: i am you know well, they, it, it's 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 interesting you say that and and i i i could see that being like it's When you think of gentrification, you think of cities, you think of urban areas, you think of like what that is doing. But in a sense, this is the same thing. You throw a shit ton of money um, in an investment and you're building these, you you know, purpose built properties, which are these amazing overlooks. And there's these huge, they're not even cabins, they're mansions that look like cabins. And they're, they're the luxury and they're bringing in that clientele. And they're seeing an ROI on it. Right. Like it's proven yeah. it's like it's not like it's not as, you know, as from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah. But what are you what is that doing to the fabric of this community? What is it doing to overall to not only to the community that you are, but 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 the guests you're drawing in. And yeah. it I can see that being a, a real a hard, hard to navigate.
2: Yeah. It's sticky. It's, you know, the The bigger and nicer your cabin is, absolutely, the more money you're making on it. So for the people out there building these properties and investing in them, good for you. You know, you're doing the American dream, like good for you. And those luxury properties are bringing in people from the rest of the country who may not have known about the Smoky Mountains before. Or, you know, there wasn't a property big enough for what they had in mind. So it's bringing, those luxury properties are bringing more and more people to the area, which is a wonderful thing. But yeah, it's sticky because there's, to a degree, it it spoils something about the area. And, you know, like, I love having log cabins on the program, wooden homes, log cabins on the program, because there's history to that, too. That's what was being built here when the settlers were here, you know? Right. They they were they were chopping down those trees and building their homes and those are the original settlements and properties of the area. So when you're staying in a cabin, it's not just cute. It's like a part of history. Um and these luxury homes are they are mansions and you could see them, you know, in any state and, and city. And um yeah, it's there's there, you know, two sides to every coin. Uh, but I would say, yeah, if anything was kind of making me nervous, it would be luxury in the area. So it's it's just, I think
1: this is a dilemma that goes I, again. Our vacation communities are just a reflection of our broader society, right? At in a lot of different levels, right? And I think one of the things I, I love hearing you talk about is like the the part of being involved, right, and letting your local community kind of define what and who you guys are, right, in that space, and understanding, yeah. you know, the nature of the special place that you are, the broad reaching, because again, like if you focus on luxury, then you're going to limit yourself. The more you have a diverse, uh, you know, a diverse economic base in which, yeah, has luxury, but also has, you know, which I'm sure if you run the data from the numbers, the majority of the people that come through that area are not wealthy right like or not people their families that you know this is their vacation you know they hop in the car it's that experience you know all the kids fighting in the back and you know driving from where indiana wherever they're coming from to to come have this experience in those cabins right in that place because that's the mystique of the area and i think local communities sometimes forget that they do have that control and get to kind of define who and what they are if they put themselves in positions to cuz i mean it's easy to lose that power if you sell it out for money or whatever but to developers and others who want to make it what they want to make it i think you know keeping local control is important but also understanding balance right and yeah. understanding you know kind of who you want to be and what you want your narrative to be and and what you're doing today how that will change you know, your community. Um, and I know sometimes those, in, those, those impacts are, are far reaching and down the line, but I think the key word is deliberate, right? You want to deliberately do these things, um, with intent, with the intent that you want, yep. mm-hmm. you know, this is not just a, a, a severe bail pigeon forcing. I think that's a, a question that a lot of our communities are, are going to be asking themselves because yeah, we know luxury pays awesome, but. So uh, when you look at the broader numbers of who can afford luxury and who's going on vacation. Yeah. yeah I You're think right. it's a, I think it's a question to be had. So, but kudos to you for, for wanting to maintain that and, and, and being willing to do the work to make sure that it's uh, sustained.
2: Oh yeah. I am, I am willing and I'm excited for, for the future, my future, company's future, community's future, industries, area, everybody. I'm, I'm very excited about It, it is all about balance and. And that's what I'm I'm careful with. I don't ever want to leave one thing behind in pursuit of the other. And uh, I uh, we, we we really try to maintain an old school vibe. You were talking about putting the kids in the car and the kids arguing and pushing each other and driving like, yeah, coming to their to their old old school cabin. Like we're all about that. And as far as like branding and swag and merchandise, we, we try to keep things vintage and old school. Uh, yeah, we're trying to. We're trying to stay attached to the history of the place for sure. Let's talk
0: about the resilience of your community too. Let's talk about, and I can't remember the, like the first time. And we again we mentioned this a lot. That Mateo I met was in Gatlinburg, and it was right after the the forest fire. And it was, I mean, literally like a few weeks. You know, there are still some roads that had uh, you know trees down over it. Where we had to go around like like that was. So what was that in 2018 or 2017?
2: 2018.
0: Okay. So that was the first like time that we had been together Um, and like, like, and for those that are listening that, you know, that don't know the death, like the devastation that that came through and just like ravaged the community, Mm -hmm. it was. It was insane, and I don't. And do you know the numbers? Like how many cabins were lost? I mean, it was like thousands and thousands of cabins and homes are lost, and and lives are lost in fire. Like it was insane, and to to be there just a few weeks later because Amy Hino, shout out to Amy Hino vrm Mintel, still went forward with with um you know with the the uh the the little conference yeah. there in Gallenberg. yeah, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, it was like, and we actually had like, I think like the community firefighters and stuff that were presenting, talking about these numbers. And it was like, it was heart wrenching, Yeah, but to see how as a community, you came together and you, you focused on the important things and, and you, you rebuilt, um, in a way that was, you know, it made sense for what the community, like you didn't reinvent your like. Like a lot of communities would be like, oh, we can go ahead and reinvent now because like, or we have to reinvent because we're, you know, this, this totally devastated our community. Now we're just going to come in and we're going to do this quickly. So could we want to get as many people back here as possible? And, and overall, as a community, you guys did it thoughtfully and methodically and you opened up as quickly, you like the fact that we're open for business as soon as you possibly could, because you know, that this is where the money comes. Like this is no this is how you put food on the table. This is, you know, for everyone, the majority you're a tourist town. Yep. Overall, like you you didn't start off that way, but now this is what you are. This is how you that's a community you thrive. And it was it was heart wrenching and heartwarming all at the same time. Yeah. Can you talk about the resilience of community a little bit? I know I just went on this insane monologue. I
2: apologize. Look <laughs> <laughs> how passionate you are about our area, man. Um, it was something to behold, that is for sure. They nobody skipped a beat. There was not a moment where any any part of the community was down on themselves or woe was me. And nobody skipped a beat. Everybody was there for everybody else. The people who, you know, lost their homes in the fire was, was there where they they were there for the other people who lost their homes in the fire. Um, People from around the country flooded into the area for volunteer work to help at the shelters, build up shelters. So many resources poured into the area to the point where one of the shelters that my mom was working at, like they had to start turning away resources because they had such an abundance of it. And I think there are still like, um storage areas where there's still some of some th- those water bottles and various things s- still there clothes toothpaste all that stuff is is still being stored up which is great because you know another uh fire recently came through right. in April um mm. and the response was so quick um mm. uh, they had like a cell phone alert system uh this time keeping us up to date almost hourly about the direction of the fire and 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 what it was doing, where it was going, where we should be evacuating our guests. It was incredible. Um, and and they built that as a response to these 2018 fires. But, you know, the kind of the slogan that went around during that time was smoky strong. Mm-hmm. And um that's that's so true. And I feel like that was true Southern hospitality. Like we didn't skip a beat. Everybody took care of everybody. There was so much love and comfort being given so freely like that was the southern hospitality of the area and very southern like we didn't reinvent anything let's just build back better um and uh it was it was it it was scary honestly it's hard to even put myself in that mindset to think about again um but it was incredible it was a it was a thing it was a thing to behold like i said and um you know it's hard to say this but one of the blessings was that this fire happened like a week after Thanksgiving.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So we weren't, we almost had nobody in house. Right. Yeah. If that had happened one week earlier, yeah. I, yeah, it's scary to even think about. Yeah. So
0: so this happened like right, right at the end of November, right? Or you said what, a week after Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah. It. So, uh, so
0: for first week in December, I think, because we were there in February. Right. So it was like yeah. two months after. Mm-hmm. Um, not a couple of weeks, two months after we were there in February. So we still saw and there, we still like in the, in the stories that I heard going around and talking to property managers and, and it was just even like still after the fact and like the, there's some pretty heroic stories I heard too, of you know, people going and, and say people driving over and, and moving, burning logs out of the road to, you know, like, I'm like, holy shit, like, wow. Um, but. You know, we, we don't have to, I want to make sure before we get out of here that, and we, we still have a little bit of time. I want to talk about, you know, I want to talk about, uh, Ani Belms. I want to talk about where you're going. You know, if, if those of you who are listening are, are not are, are aware, there's, you know, there's a gazillion options, uh, when, when you're going to, uh, the Smoky Mountains where you could stay. You know, this, again, the second you've been there, the second, Longest longest tenure of uh, property management companies that are offering short term rentals, which is fantastic. Great, great people, but but what's a differentiator? I know there's many, but like why why what stands you apart from your competition? If those are are watching, you see I'm doing air quotes because you know we're, it's a family, we all yeah. together.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. But what is like what what are your differentiators? I mean, my guess, looking at what you do, is your focus on the guest experience. That's a huge part of your, of your differentiator, but like what else? And, and, and dive into guest experience stuff.
2: Hmm. Yep. Well, you know, our biggest strength it <laughs> is that we are family owned and operated. There is no board of directors I have to report to. Like my dad and I don't have some boss that we have to re- report to or get permission. We can do absolutely anything. If I'm realizing a pattern of complaints operationally, um, I can fix it like this, however I need to. Um, If I'm recognizing a pattern of preference, I can accommodate. Like we can just do anything. I, you know, like that video I posted, send it off to my guests on their check-in day. Like I, I can do that. I can make it however I want it, brand it however I want. Dad, you good with this? Oh, that's cute. Yeah, I'm good with that. I can, you know, I'm working with a graphic designer right now to just the thought is creating some adorable, Chipmunk logo, um, to just throw on merchandise. Like I can do that. Um, I can change systems, processes, people. I don't, just being family owned and operated. We only report to ourselves. We take care of ourselves. There's no investors, no foreign interests, no no nothing. I think that's rank. That's what we're going to capitalize on. So, where we you know where do we go from here? Anywhere I want to go anything we think up if anybody in the office has a good idea we can put it in into action um we can be exactly who we want to be what we want to be
1: it seems okay. like you 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 also like cuz when you said that look my dad got 51% of the company and the rest of the family got 49 I envisioned like this big mafia table where like everyone's sitting around the table, kind of like making decisions on like how to run the business moving forward. I think it's pretty gangster. Your dad got the, uh, the remaining shares and that you guys are operating it moving forward. Cause I was like, it's like, wow, how's that going to work?
0: Like Mm -hmm. was John blindsided by that? What was, was, was it like, did he have any, like, what's he like, Hey man, someday I'd love to, you know, be a part of what you're doing. Or was it just like, okay, we're reading the will. He's like, oh shit, I, looks like we we own a vacation rental company.
2: Yes, it was that. Completely oh, fine. Wow. Oh, yeah. He had no idea. He called me. Um, he called me. I remember like I was leaving a class and uh, he, he told me the sad news of her passing. And then like a few hours, uh, was it a few hours later? I don't know. And the next thing I know, he's telling me like, hey, she left 51% of her business to me. I was excited immediately. Like I was like, you mean, we can move to the mountains now. Like I, cause I, I was close with her. I wanted, I thought about working with her in high school and stuff. And I'd visited her. I thought about working with her. I knew I loved the area. Um, and she just, God bless her, man. She just set my family up for success. And that 51% was 100% trust in my dad. You know, he knew. She knew he would take care of her people, take care of the business, potentially care take of the care legacy. To yeah. New Heights. That's absolutely right. Um, and he has done wonders with it, and anybody here will tell you, um, I'm so impressed with him all the time. I'm lucky I get to learn from him and, and work, work with him, and I'm so grateful for her every single day. I mean, we all think about her every, every single day. Uh, she really created something wonderful and um, gave my family. A new beautiful life. We're all here now. um Our, you know, other family they come to visit all the time because they love the area. We've got cabins we can put them up in. My family bought an extra big house so that we could. It's it's just been wonderful in keeping the family together. But blindsided completely.
0: And it's, it's speaking of, of family, you know, recently and and tell me how this is where again I I got to know uh Mallory. I'm saying that right, right. I'm not murdering her name. Uh, it's Malori. am no kidding, John. I'm like holy shit! Right. I love that's great. By the way, so uh, she was at Darm, and we were chatting ahead of time for some business stuff. Anyway, so we, we've been on some calls ahead of time, but you know that's a recent, recent, more recent addition into the fold because as we talked about earlier, uh, she was uh, she went to air traffic control school as well, and she was an actual air traffic controller uh, for a time. Um, but now she's joined the family business um, and, and she's day to day with you as well, correct?
2: Oh, yes. Yeah. We are side by side and I'm so, so, so happy to have her. We think exactly alike. Um, I don't always have to finish my sentences with her. She's one step ahead of me when I need her to be or, you know, um, motivating me and encourage me in my pursuits when i need her to be uh she's more of a numbers person which i'm incredibly grateful for i don't love love diving into the data and numbers so she kind of serves it to me on a nice platter and then i can run with it creatively whatever that means um we make quite the team and i am pumped for it
0: i'm so mad at you for, for just fucking with me and saying Mallory <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you deserve <laughs> that. You absolutely 100 <laughs> deserve that. On <laughs> I I get it. I touche. I was good. My <laughs> uh, that's I'm. Well, we're super super pumped for you. I'm I, I'm I'm excited for for where you're going. We absolutely like like we'll always have a connection. Teo and I to to Gatlinburg um, and just to the Smokies, just because that's kind of where our, this. That's where this podcast started um with us just having conver- like conversations being like wow this is an amazing industry and what the fuck and all these different things and it was great it's great to talk with you and like I I you know I'm going to be uh excited for the next time we're we're down there which I don't know when but um it'll be sometime soon I'm sure and uh c- congrats <laughs> what's oh. that
2: I said, I want to put you guys up. Come back. Yeah,
1: back. no, I'll de- you know, I'll definitely come up. And I, I will be, John know, already knows I'm going to be ringing your bell about At Ease, our, our platform. So yep. I'll talk to you about that offline. So yes, definitely sir. be coming up that way. Uh, you know, I love it up there. I think it's beautiful. You know, it, I think it's interesting. You know, not coming. I grew up on the West Coast. I'm a West Coast kid. I grew up between Oregon and California. I, I love being outdoors. It's different, It's it's very different out there. And It's a different world, but it's also a very welcoming world. Like, I've never felt like I didn't belong out there. I didn't, I never felt like I can't be at peace out there. I would love to vacation and go there, sit on that deck, look at those mountains, be in that fog. It It
0: doesn't get old.
2: It doesn't get old. It does not get old.
0: I mean, again, and for those who have not been there, there is a, there's, I think it's at Swiss. There is a ski the, the Oh yeah, the, the Alpine like, Lodge There's that, the a ski resort in the middle of Gatlinburg that it's like Swiss <laughs> themed. And like oh, it's just it's super a little fun. more like ice skating, but uh, you know, yeah, it's a little it's, bit everything. Go
1: down that mountain though. It's it's but it's a, it's an experience. It's fun. I love going up there.
2: And they do a uh, cooler fest, that'll be happening soon. They get a yeah. good beer and the later hosen, and I've got later hosen.
1: I I, we we gotta so i just i'm gonna say this now because then that's gonna make us have we have to go back to pigeon forge and actually do an episode from there yeah Yeah. absolutely the story absolutely just stay in the market yeah Yeah. see there you go there
0: you go lauren thank you so much for joining us there'll be a link uh to to uh Bellum's on the on the website if you if you're liking this podcast and you haven't given us a like and you haven't given us five stars on apple podcast and, and written out a review please do so um, amen helps us out exponentially like you have no idea um yeah. and until Here next time you're on youtube yeah like smash hit that. the notification <laughs> button yep like, like thank you so much comment. and lauren we appreciate you this has been great Thank you.
2: I appreciate you guys so much. And because I, I surprised myself, I can't believe I didn't drop an F-bomb. I'm just going to say fucking love you guys. Thank
0: you. Awesome. I, I'll make <laughs> up for it. you. For it. <laughs>